Well, hey everyone, this is Athena and welcome to the All Things Podcast, where we gather once a week to learn and share stories about how God works all things together, writing a story of good because He is faithful and good. Every Wednesday, I'll be chatting with a friend who I know and respect, one of our Redemption Press authors, who will not only share a personal Romans 8.28 story, but also help to give you tips and tools for your life journey. Two episodes a month, we'll have an additional interview with a well-known author, and the other two episodes will include a time for Insider Insights, where I'll answer publishing questions from our listeners. So hey, Let's get started. Well, welcome to the All Things Podcast. I am here today with recording artist, international speaker, and best-selling author, Tammy Trent. And during the second half, I'm going to be having a conversation with Redemption Press author and someone I'm blessed to call friend and peer, Don Scott Damon. So Tammy, welcome to the All Things Podcast today. Thank you for having me. It's so fun to, to have a moment to chat with you and to lean in for a listen and to see what God might, might be up to with us. Amen. So for those who don't, who are listening today and you don't know Tammy, I just want to give a little bit of a proper introduction without giving away too much of the story that she's going to share with us. Tammy has um, been a familiar voice on Christian radio back in 1995 with hit songs such as Welcome Home, Run to the Cross, My Irreplaceable, and Rain on Me. Those uh, songs brought life and hope to many listeners. Uh, but on September 11th, 2001, her song ceased for a time after a devastating loss. One year later, she returned as a featured speaker and performer at the Extraordinary Women's Conference was also asked to share at the Women of Faith uh, platform four years with her friends Sheila Walsh, Patsy Claremont, Carol Kent, Kathy Tricoli, Anita Renfro, and Lucy Swindoll. And during that time, Tammy also became a featured speaker, singer, and author for the Revolve Tour for teen girls. She did that for two years. Her personal story of tragedy, restoration, healing, and hope crossed over generational lines and her music inspired all ages, bringing strength and renewed joy. You may have read her story featured on the covers of Today's Christian Woman, Charisma, Lifeway's Home Life magazines, or even heard her on Focus on the Family, The 700 Club, TBN, Daystar, Life Today TV, or perhaps you've even heard Max Licato or Charles Stanley refer to Tammy's amazing testimony of God's faithfulness in a hopeless situation during one of their sermons. And I am just so excited to say that Tammy is also a contributor to our She Writes for Him Stories of Resilient Faith that is actually at the printer as we do this interview. So Tammy, just so good to have you on today. And you know, last, last time I had you on my radio show, Always Faithful, we were talking about sunny days. Oh. But today we are just going to talk and, and focus really our conversation on 
Romans 8.28, where it says, we know that God works all things together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purposes, all things, even the hard things. And you have been through those hard things. And wow, God has done some amazing things in your life. So I just want to, let's start out the conversation with your Romans 8.28 story. My goodness. First of all, let me just say, I mean, when you read an intro like that, I, I sat back and I just think, you know, for, for all that I've gone through, um, for God to be so kind to me to say, look, I'm not going to leave you in this place of uh, pain and of hurt and of what feels despair in your life. But if you trust me with the pieces of your life, I want to do something marvelous with it. I want to make an impact. Tammy, like we could take this together and we could do something greater than yourself, like beyond anything and, and make something beautiful out of your story. And when you, you mention these different things and I, I sit back and I listen, I think, man, I mean, I think for me growing up as a little girl, truly in the church and singing and writing songs when I was little, I truly felt like as a little girl, like I can't imagine impacting people through my music someday. And who would have really thought all these years later that it wasn't just the music, but it probably was more of the story of my life that has impacted people. And not because I've done everything right, Mm -hmm. but because I've just hopefully trusted God and his faithfulness along the way when he told me in his promise that I would bring you back to life again. And I promise to make you stronger if you trust me on the journey. And I promise that I will take all of this and I will work it all out together. Not Tammy, just for your plan or for your purpose, but you have to trust that my plan, my will and my purpose will be even greater. So if you'll lean into that, I'll work all of this out. I'll work all of it out for your good and for my good. And that's really, and sometimes that's a hard thing to do is really Mm. trust God in the unknown when things are unclear, when things just hurt like crazy and to trust that God's going to work something out through the brokenness of our lives and make it beautiful. And I mean, honestly, I've talked to so many thousands of women that either get that and go, yes, yes, I'm going to stand on the promise. I'm going to fight for my life again. I'm going to fight through the divorce. I'm going to fight through the the death of a loved one. I'm going to fight through the loss of the finances, education, death of a dream, you know, ministry that didn't take off, whatever it is. And then there's others that just say, I'm tired Mm. of fighting and I have no fight left in me because I've been praying the same prayers. I've been, I've been seeking the same healing and it's just for whatever reason, it's, it's not coming together for me. And how do I find purpose in that? You know, I know that's a fight for a lot of people and to trust God in the unknown. You know, my story takes me back when I was a young girl growing up in the church, writing music, writing songs and, and meeting this kid when I was 15 years old in my youth group and falling crazy in love with him and, and, uh, went off to Bible college and came back and married this amazing guy after seven and a half years of dating. And, uh, we, signed a record deal, rather I should say I did, but it felt like we, because he left his family business and and came on the road with me full-time in ministry. And we had a move to Nashville from Michigan in the middle of all of that. And, you know, we were in a great place in our lives. We were married for 11 years. And you know, those moments, sometimes when you are in those great seasons and you feel like, man, it can't get better than this. Like everything makes sense. And I feel fulfilled and I'm fulfilling God's purpose. I believe in my life. And And, you know, I've got a marriage where I feel loved, I feel cared for, I feel seen, 
And it just felt like I was in a great season in my life. And I will never forget getting a phone call to take off on a mission trip. And that began a different season in my life that I never saw coming. Take us back to that day when you were on that trip. Okay. I, um, first of all, I remember before accepting this trip to Jamaica mission trip, um, now after 11 years of marriage, I think I had three albums that I'd recorded at that time. I was touring all over the country and had, you know, a handful of big radio hits and, you know, my dreams were coming true. You know, the dreams of a little girl thinking that, you know, I wanted to be a recording artist and tour and travel and write music. So all that stuff was happening. But after 11 years of marriage, now I kind of wondered what was next. So when I got this call to go on this mission trip, I knew it was going to be important. I knew it was going to be pivotal. I knew that God was up to something. I just had no idea what it was. I thought maybe it was starting a family. So I remember talking to my husband about it on an, on an airplane a couple of weeks before this trip. And I said, baby, what do you think about starting a family? Maybe that's that next season God has for us. And he was like, well, babe, I, you know, I've been ready for a long time. I've just been waiting for you. And I think we should start right away. And I was like, well, you know, as soon as we get home, we'll, we'll knock this thing out, you know, and we added maternity to our insurance thinking that maybe that's that next season God has for us. So taking off on this trip, believing God was up to something. And um, we had a beautiful week together on one side of the island where we were vacationing before we were to begin our mission trip. And my husband um, said, baby, what do you want to do on our day off? You know, as we travel from one side of the island to the next. And I said, well, if I know you like I know you, let's hit a beach. Let's hit some, some form of water because you love to scuba dive. Let's do that. And he said, well, you know what? I found this beautiful place called the Blue Lagoon. And he said, I want to scuba dive there. I want to free dive. And I said, then let's head there. And we did. We had lunch on the edge of the water. And then he suited up and he said, I'm going to be gone for just 15 minutes. I'm going to explore this lagoon. It's got a hole in the middle of a lagoon that goes down about 240 feet deep. I want to explore that. And uh, when I get back, we'll go hang out and do something you want to do. And I thought that's perfect. And that particular afternoon, he was free diving, which meant he was going in the water without oxygen, without tanks. He could hold his breath up to about five minutes underwater. And uh, so I remember finishing lunch. He had his underwater scooter with him, his wetsuit on, his mask, his fins, his snorkel, everything. And he slipped into the water and he waved goodbye to me. And at that moment, I had no idea that that would be the last time I would ever see Trent. I would ever speak to him. Hmm. He sunk beneath the surface and he was gone. And I remember uh, being on the edge of the water and 15 minutes had gone by, 30 minutes had gone by, turned into an hour. And I remember feeling uh, very afraid and scared. Um, It wasn't like him to do that. If he said he'd be gone for 15 minutes, it was going to be longer. He'd come back and tell me, but, but he didn't. And I'm sitting there and it's into an hour now. And I felt very afraid. I remember getting close to the edge of the water and just looking out, knowing I'd have to see him every few moments come up and down for breath. And I saw nothing and fear completely gripped every part of me at that moment. I was beginning to feel very hopeless. It was hard to hold back the tears. And I remember a boat came into the lagoon at that moment, went over the hole and it docked. And I, I asked the guys, in the boat, if they take me out and search for my husband, who'd been swimming and I hadn't seen him. And I will never forget the feeling as we began to circle this lagoon that my life would never be the same again. I knew something had shifted. I knew something had changed. It's like I was trying to stop the world, but everything was moving so fast and I couldn't stop it. 
and I went to the dock and and I I stepped out of that boat and um, I remember catching every fallen tear as if every fallen tear was somehow understood. I was so calm and yet so afraid and trying to hold back the tears. There wasn't one person there to hold me, not one person there to pray with me. There was some kind of calm in the midst of the worst moment of my life that took over. And I went to the back room of this restaurant all by myself. Then I began to lift up my hands toward heaven. It was like an automatic reflex, like I'd practiced for this moment my whole life. Did I really believe that God could rescue me in this moment? Did I really trust that he would? Did I believe his promise that he was near to the broken heart and he saves those whose spirits are crushed? I mean, I'm telling you, I fought to believe at that moment. And, and the only prayer that would come out of my mouth was just help me, God, help me, God, help me. Mm-hmm. And then I began to sing every praise song I could think of at that moment. And there were songs that took me back to when I was a kid, like, I love you, Lord. And I lift my voice and Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. There's just something about that name. I was clinging to like every part of life or every part of hope I could. And uh, I sat in that room as the dive team began to search for him, just weeping and crying and asking God to rescue me. And three hours went by, they had to call the search off. They couldn't find him. They said, we'll start again in the morning. And I'll never forget waking up to a home of two strangers coming into my room and saying, Tammy, come to this other room quickly. We want to show you the television. And I walked into the room the morning of September 11th, 2001, staring at the the Twin Towers in New York City as the second plane plowed into the Twin Towers. And I thought for the first time in my life that this must be the end of the world. Everything was falling apart for me, my personal world, my America, everything. I felt the worst pain in my entire life, unexplainable, unimaginable. And um, I will never forget two days later, heading to Kingston where Trent and I were originally planning on going. Only now I was walking in to the same hotel room by myself with my father-in-law, who I must say was the only one who caught a red-eye flight the night before and made it over there to me on the island on 9-11 without a passport. It was absolutely miraculous. Wow. So we're in the same hotel room, have adjoining rooms. And that day he wanted to go to the Blue Lagoon and explore and I couldn't. So I stayed behind and I just, I was falling apart. I was weeping. I was asking God, do you see this girl? Are you there? Do you see me? Do you hear me, God? Are you real? Is this real? And I will never forget this feeling coming over me. And it was almost like this, this nudge of the Holy Spirit that was just like, move, move, move. And I started to move out of my room. I could hear somebody in the other room. So I made my way over there to that opening in the doorway. When I looked in, I saw this beautiful Jamaican woman standing there in a Hilton housekeeping outfit. And I looked at her, I said, ma'am, could you come in and just make my bed? I said, I just, that's all I need. She looked at me. Now look, just moments before I'm asking God, do you see me? Do you hear me? Could you send me somebody to hold me? I miss my mom, my sister, just that touch from mom. Could you just send me somebody to hold me? God, I just, I'm falling apart. So she's looking at me as I'm, I'm trying to get it together. And she says to me, I could hear you crying. I've been trying to get to you and I could hear you crying. And then she said, could I just come in and hold you? Man, she had no idea what was going on in my life. I had no idea, you know, where I was. I mean, I just, I felt so lost in that moment. She didn't know I was a believer. I didn't know she was a believer, but she wrapped her arms around me. and She started to pray for me. And at that moment, I thought to myself, man, 
I had no idea angels wore Hilton housekeeping outfits. You know, <laughs> I, I, I would have called her sooner. But, you know, Athena, I think at that moment in that embrace was truly when the journey, the long journey of my healing began. Yeah. Wow. And that, what a sweet answer to prayer. Totally. You were crying out and for him to answer in that way in such a unique and compelling way. Yeah. Wow. It was incredible. I think for me, that moment more than anything, it was just like, I felt the presence of God. I knew that God was real. I knew that I wouldn't just survive, but somehow I would overcome. I didn't know what healing looked like. I'd never gone through anything like this in my life. I mean, my cry was like, how, do I, how will I live again? How will I move again? How will I breathe again? How does somebody come back from a moment like this? Like the greatest love of my life, who spoke life into my spirit, who held my hand through everything, who covered me in prayer, who loved me well, who saw me every day. You know, who I walked with since the age of 15, I felt safe with, I felt loved by. And how does a girl like that wake up and realize it's all gone, all of it's gone, and I never got to say goodbye, I never got to say one more time how you changed my life. Mm. And here I was in that moment, like how do you come back from something like that? And yet in that embrace, feeling the love of God, feeling the presence of God, knowing that somehow I would get through this. Like I didn't have all the answers. I didn't have any answer at that moment, but somehow in my relationship and the intimate relationship, the foundation, the solid relationship I had with Jesus, somehow I knew that God would somehow bring me back to life. How do I know that? Someone asked me that the other day. How'd you stand on the promises? How'd you do that, Tammy? And it's like, I think the only answer I really had was that I truly knew the character of God. Mm. I knew him. I knew that he was a God that brings wholeness. I knew that his intentions were to not take from me, but to bring increase into my life. And so knowing God intimately in a relationship, knowing the character of God can change everything in your life. Some of us, we think we know God, but when things happen, man, we're the first to feel abandoned. We're the first to say, God, why would you allow this to happen in my life? There's nothing good that can come from this. But when we really know God, even in our pain, I believe that there's something that shifts and changes, even in our shouting, even in our anger, even in all the question, there's still something, that foundation that we have that says, man, I'm going to ask the hard questions. I'm going to kick and I'm going to scream. I'm going to be upset. But in the same time, I know, God, that you love me, that you're enough, and that somehow I'm going to pull through this. I got to pull through this, and I got to believe you're the one that's going to work it all out for your will and, and for the greater purpose in my life. And that faithfulness, knowing, I mean, you had that foundation. You knew he was faithful. So even in this devastation, you were able to stand on that, even while you felt like you were falling apart, you were still able to stand on that foundation. Yeah, somehow I was. And I think, um, you know, it's, it's the very thing that's breathed new life into me. And, you know, healing didn't come overnight for me. I mean, if I'm being honest, I mean, I came back, I laid everything down and I just said like, what's next? I'm, I'm lost. What's next? I was lost, but yet I was, I was 
brave enough to say, like, I, I know I can't do this without the help of Jesus in my life. So I'm not going to run away from you. I have to run to you. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be a, a, a daily choice because, you know, I know healing's not going to come overnight for me. I just, I knew it. And I, because of that, I knew that God was going to say, look, I'm not, this isn't going to, the pain isn't going to go away overnight. But if you trust me enough, I want to teach you, Tammy, something through it. I want you to recognize my bo- voice. I want you to recognize my hand. And the only way you're going to do that is if we walk this out together and it might take some time. And the reason why it takes time for me is because, man, I think I've learned something in the Lord and man, I'm better. And then like a week later, I fight him on it. I've been disobedient. I've done something wrong. And I'm frustrated again. And I think he's like, well, because we didn't learn very well the first time. So we're going to have to go through this again. I'm thankful that he's patient with me, but I'm a slow Mm -hmm. learner sometimes because I want my own will. I want to do it my way. I want a quick fix. And I want, um, I want to figure things out on my own. I think sometimes I've got a better way. And God always says, my way is better, Tammy. And as I've learned to step out in obedience in my life, because there's many seasons I've been disobedient and I've been well aware of my disobedience. As I've learned as I'm getting older, when I step out into obedience and trust God that he will work all things out, for his purpose in my life, um, the blessings begin to flow out of obedience. The blessings will always follow. Hmm. And when, you know, he brings such goodness out of that brokenness, mm. it, that is, gives such hope to so many. Mm. I'm so grateful for that. I mean, I think that I've learned to give my pain purpose, thinking that through the strength of my life that I can maybe offer that to somebody else. And I see, you know, every platform I hit, you know, when I get up there, I just, I want to live with these women, you know, at these women's conferences, I want to live an authentic life with them. I want to live a genuine life with them. I want to share the ups and downs, mistakes I've made, the good things I've done in hopes that as I've been comforted, that I could comfort somebody else. And what a privilege it is for me to speak life and joy and hope into somebody else's life that just feels numb, that mm. feels so numb. And if there was one nugget I even left with the, the people leaning in today, uh, listening in, I would just say, man, we cannot interpret our numbness as God's absence in our lives. Mm. He's always present. He's always there. Never is there a time in which Jesus is not present speaking in your life. He says in scripture, that's another promise. I will never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll always walk with you, even in the pain. Because I never promised you a life free from pain. Life hurts. Life breaks. We live in a broken world, so things are going to happen. But he said, but look, I promise to restore. I promise to bring new life. I promise to bring hope. And I promise to heal you in the broken places of life. And that is just so true. That is, that is what Romans 8.28 is all about, that he can take those broken places and bring life and do something good in the midst of it. Now, you know, you thought his plan for this next journey in your life was to have a family. And and he's like, well, I think I, I have this other idea that I'm going to be able to just touch so many. I mean, doesn't that blow your mind how many women have been touched by your story of loss and redemption from that. Yeah. You know, it's, it's one of those, um, 
gosh, I, you know, I'm, I'm thankful. I, I don't think, it, you know, it's been 18 years I've been into my loss. So yes, I'm grateful for it. I can tell you early on, I felt like, God, could you have not chose somebody else to do this? Like, I hate this. You know, I, I've kicked and I've screamed and I've, I, you know, I've been without and I've had to work through and I'm just like, I'm, I'm upset. I'm so upset about this. I, I hate this. But but at the same time, as I've grown in my relationship with Jesus, as I've healed through all the bro- some of the brokenness and all the brokenness in many areas, you know, I've come to that place of going, man, you must have trusted me enough that I'd stay in the fight, mm-hmm. that I'd stick around, that I'd do something with it. And I'm telling you, in all of our stories, if we will stay in it, if we'll stay in the fight, if we'll trust God, I'm t- I promise you, there is always something beautiful at the end of that story. And if we trust God, he will use us in it. He will always get us to our final destination. And I, it took a long time for me to say that, like, wow, look at all the lives I'm changing or touching or helping. You know, first I was like, who cares? You know, somebody else do this. I'm in pain. And yeah. I think, you know, if I'm being honest, so through the years, man, now I can get on that platform and my head hits the pillow at the end of the night and I get a Instagram message or I get an email or, or Facebook and Somebody says, my life is forever changed because of, of what you had to share tonight. And in that, like, how could I deny God's plan in my life? Like, my own is not my, my life is not my own. Trent's life, you know, was not mine. Like, he was, he was a gift to me on loan. So I, I, just, I just take that stuff at face value and I go, you know what, God? Thank you. Thank you that my words matter. Thank you that my life matters. Thank you that my pain matters and that somebody sees me. Wow. And you know, just God not only sees you now, but even during those times when, when the initial loss happened, when you were angry, when you, you know, just were just when we don't know and that anger just comes out because it's just not fair. It just doesn't seem fair. And we don't see the eternal value of what's happening. Yeah. He loves you through that, you know? Yeah, and just, I love that. Yes. Oh, oh. I love that his commitment is so solid to us, even when, when we're not so faithful. That's what I love about Jesus. He's like, I'm committed to you. I'm committed to you through the long haul. So for, for the long haul, for the long ride. But I, you know, it's kind of like the ups and downs of going through what we go through and the humanness of how we are. I love that he's so patient with us, that he's so loving and that he's so committed. And that, you know, just being authentic like you are and sharing the struggles. That's, mm. that's what speaks to women. That's, you know, when we've had everything so amazing and God's done amazing stuff, that doesn't speak to very many women yeah. like hurt and pain does. I know. I just think, you know, there, there, it's, it, we do way more good to ourselves when we were just honest with each other. And, yeah. you know, I, I've got someone in my family that was battling depression um, not too long ago and just trying to fight through the darkness of that. And um, he had said to me that someone told him, just, just choose joy, just choose joy. And he was like, you know what, but, but Tammy, it was like, it was, it was more than that. Like I get it. And it's easy for them to just choose joy, but it, it wasn't for me. And it's still not for me. So we all are on different journeys. And, and for some of us, it's, it's just really hard to choose the joy. And others get it and they can step into it. But, you know, my heart hurts for the people that, don't, that, that have a hard time choosing joy, that have a hard time trusting Jesus. Because I think if we're being honest, we've, we've all been through different places where our faith has been shaken in it, and it's difficult and hard. 
But if, if we're the ones that are easy, if we can fight through a little easier, then we're the ones God also calls to say, get up, get up and help others fight like you fought. Help other people find joy, help other people find hope in, in the middle of the pain. Mm. And so I, what I hear in that, that, that is a tip for our listeners to, to remember when they're hurting and they don't see any possible good that can come from something to start reaching out and helping others in their pain. Yes. That can be so powerful. Yes. Mm, Very powerful. Me too. Oh, so, hey, I noticed that you are taking a trip to the Holy Land with Carol Kent and Jennifer Rothschild in this year. Oh my gosh, girl. so excited. I'm so excited. So I was one that got the first call and they're like, do you know anybody else would want to go with you? And I was like, Hey, call my friend, Jennifer, call my friend, Carol. You know, I've got so many in the, in, in the women's spe- speaking circuit, but you know, many that had been to the Holy lands before. And so I was like, you know, call these two girls. Cause I don't think they've been. And so the three of us, none of us have been, we're going to have the time of our lives. We're bringing along a bunch of fun people with us and friends, just like you may be listening right now that thinks, Oh man, I've never been. I'd love to go. I'm telling you, you can even go to my Instagram, which is at Tammy Trent or even on Facebook. And we've, I've, I've, you know, put a video together that will talk a little bit about it if you want some more information, but it's going to be an incredible trip. It's a quick eight days. So it's very affordable. We're, we're putting a lot in eight days. It's super affordable. We're going, I think, is it June? <laughs> I yep, can't even June wait. 13th. Good, yep. good. And we are going to have just such a great time. And I think there's nothing more exciting than feeling like, you know, we are walking in the same steps that Jesus walked in. So if anybody's mm. listening, definitely go to TammyTrent.com and check it out. There's a ton of information there. You got questions, questions zip me an email. Now, but that's the most exciting thing coming up for me this year. And I've, you know, I'll be traveling around the country doing women's events and, um, you know, just diving in deep. And, and I love my time with the girls as God takes me around the country traveling. So I'll be a busy girl. You can, you can find me everywhere on TammyTrent.com and, and connect with me there. But man, if you want to go to Israel, come along with us. And I think there's still a 10% discount if you sign up gosh, for the next, maybe even month potentially, but there might be a, a good discount there that you could save four or 500 bucks. So oh, check it out. I wish I could go. I'm speaking at a conference that week. And I was Are like, you? Dang. Oh, oh man. Oh, yeah. Well, oh, you just have a one, I'm just praying oh. blessing over that time that you thank have you. in the Holy thank Land and thank you. just continued blessing on your ministry. And thank you so much for being with us today. It has been an absolute delight to have you thank on. Thank you so much. God bless you so much. And everyone listening, may God breathe in your direction today. May you feel it, that you're seen, you're heard, and you are deeply loved by the Father. Have you been thinking about your next book? If there was space in your calendar to connect with other writers just like you, would you be ready to take the time to work on your next project? Well, we are super excited to announce a new opportunity, the She Writes for Him Retreat, an intensive writing retreat for both new writers who want to know how to start the process and for more advanced writers who want to work on their next project. This three-night, three-day intensive includes six teaching sessions with industry professionals, one-on-one coaching, group sessions to strengthen your writing voice, 
dedicated reflection time to practice your writing, a chance to forge new friendships with other writers, and much, much more. Join us for this debut event, April 29th to May 2nd, right here in the Seattle area at the most amazing, creative, artistic, and charming venue you could imagine. Visit SheWritesForHim.com for all the details. Right. We are going to move right into our second interview of this show with the amazing Dawn Scott Damon, Redemption Press author of The Freedom Challenge, 60 Days to Untie the Cords That Bind You, who just happens to be a family friend of Tammy Trent. So I was excited to be able to get them both on the same show. So Dawn, welcome to the All Things Podcast. Well, thank you so much. And a shout out to Tammy, too. Hi, Tammy. It's great to be with you today, Athena. Yes. Well, let me give a proper introduction to those listening who don't know you. Don Scott Damon is a pastor, speaker, freedom coach, and award-winning author who has written four books, including When the Woman You Love Was Abused, When the Woman Abused Was You, and most recently, the Redemption Press title, Freedom Challenge, 60 Days to Untie the Cords That Bind You. She is a popular keynote and conference speaker. Dawn is an engaging communicator who inspires her audience to maximize their God-given purpose and potential in Christ by living with a renewed and positive mindset. Dreams are ignited as Dawn uses sound biblical teaching, personal stories, and splashes of humor to transform thinking and awaken the gifts and callings in every person. Dawn is also an ordained minister with the Wesleyan Church and lead pastor of a multi-ethnic church called Tribes Church in North Grand Rapids, Michigan. And I have been to that church and sat on the front row when she preached and she is dynamic. So Paul, uh, Dawn and her husband, Paul Damon, have a full family of three married children, two sons, and 11 grandchildren. So I am super excited to dive into the heart of your book, Dawn. But before we do that, I would love for our listeners to hear how God has worked Romans 8.28 in your life. Well, that's such a powerful question because I could answer that with about 35 different <laughs> stories uh, per year, probably. Yeah. But I think the thing that I'd like to share with the listeners is one of the darkest times of my life. And that was when I was going through a divorce. None of us want to experience divorce. It's so incredibly painful. But to after 28 years of marriage to be abandoned and to be left, I didn't think there was any way God could bring good out of that. What possible benefit could there be for me, for my children, for the grandchildren? I couldn't see anything that would be hopeful or God honoring through, you know, a black eye, if you will, in, in the body of Christ, another Christian couple going through divorce. So it was a very painful time and um, really for me a very painfully physical painful time because I struggled in my body and in my mind. I went through a, a deep depression, seasons of panic attack and anxiety, and I couldn't sleep. 
I lost my job at that time because I was pastoring and you know, it's, it's a difficult thing to be a woman in ministry, let alone then being a woman in ministry going through divorce. Mm. And so that was a season of, of time where I, my livelihood was gone. My church family was gone. My purpose of my career was gone. My relationship was gone. And at the same time I was going through that, I had adult children that were moving out of the home. And so it, it was a dark time for me. I went from a, a thriving career and life and ministry and children to isolation mm. and rejection. And, and loss upon loss upon loss. Yes. Wow. And uh, just a grieving time of all of that. And uh, I'm not going to tell you that it was easy. It wasn't uh, an immediate overnight but what I did cling to was indeed that promise from God, that promise in the word that I know it becomes so cliche because it's a popular verse. We use it a lot in comforting people, but it actually is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. I, I write a blog about it and I talk about it's almost as if the Apostle Paul, when writing that verse, should have said, you know, spoiler, spoiler alert. Uh, this, I'm giving you the end of the story. This is how it ends. You win, you overcome. God's going to use this for your good. And so no matter what we're going through in life, if we'll reach and claim that promise, it, it is a promise for restoration and redemption. Yeah. And so I did, I, I grabbed onto that. I didn't know how God was going to bring me through. I didn't see the, the glory in it. I didn't see anything being wonderful about it. But as I continued to allow his word in my life through much tears and sorrow, but I, I did not embrace shame and I did not embrace defeat and I would not embrace the rejection. I had to remind myself who I was in Christ and his promise that he would make it all work together for good. And one day I knew the sun would come out and you know what? One morning I woke up and it was probably nine months into it and the sun was shining hmm. and my heart felt some hope and the wind of the Holy Spirit was blowing through my heart and I felt a song come to me. And that was the moment when I said, you know what, God, I'm going to be all right. I'm happy. You've given me joy in the midst of this painful trial. You've given me joy. And God gave me an amazing job with some wonderful people as an executive pastor in a church. I began to be fulfilled. And God brought another baby into our life with my, my married daughter and, and fulfillment there with the children. And I wrote my very first book. When the woman you love has been abused, I got a publishing contract with Kriegel and the promises of God began to cascade down and open up before me as my job in the Lord at that time was to cling to his word and keep on keeping on. And um, God is faithful. You know, we will outlive our problems because the Lord will see to it that we make it. Like I said, spoiler alert, you win at the mm -hmm. end of the thing. <laughs> You're coming out. Glory. Yeah. Even though it doesn't feel like it very much when you're in the middle of it. 
No, it does not. And, you know, at, at the temp, at the risk of making it sound, you know, like this neat package, like, and then suddenly God did this thing. I mean, it, people were praying for me. There was prayer warriors. I did get therapy. I worked with a counselor. I didn't want to be a victim. I did not want to be one of those bitter ladies that, that go through a divorce and it just, you know, seeps out of them. I, I worked at recovery. I wanted to be healthy. I wanted to be whole. And um, so I applied myself to the word of God and I, and I embraced God's principles. I had to walk through forgiveness and I didn't want to do that. I wanted to be mad. I don't want to forgive you as you're living your life and having fun and you're involved in a relationship left, left us for someone else. I don't want to forgive you, but I don't want to die a bitter woman either. I don't want to miss my future because my, my future, the promise in God is that my, my latter will be greater than the former. The things that God has in store for me will be better than I could imagine if I'll apply myself to God's word and claim it and say, yes, Lord, I believe you to be true. So it was brutal, but you know what? I'm stronger. And now I'm just so grateful because I have an amazing marriage and husband that's so aligned and, and so amazing. I, I still believe in the sanctity of marriage and believe that God loves to restore marriages. But if that's not going to be the case, I'm thankful that God has a plan of redemption that it just renews your joy and it wipes the tears away from your eyes. Mm -hmm. And um, I can really say, you know what? This didn't happen to me. It happened for me. Oh, that's good. Say that again. Yes. Yeah, so God gave me that. I was, I was crying on the bed, sitting in the fetal position, just crying out to God. And I'm saying, Lord, why is this happening to me? You know, why God? And the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart and he just said, Dawn, it's not happening to you. It's happening for you. And I just knew that God knew that my future would have been painful that this former relationship was not part of my destiny. It wasn't going to come around and God just wanted me to release and embrace the new day, the new dawn. <laughs> wow. And f just, it's not happening to you, but for you, yeah. that is so to have that paradigm shift and yeah. see that God is going to use that for your good. And he did. He, yes. You're probably a much um, more, your depth of empathy. And I mean, there's probably so much good that came out of that, even though it was painful. Yes, so much good. So much good. And one of the things that happened is, you know, I always thought that I was a person of grace and mercy, but you're right, that empathy, like it just shatters that religious spirit when all of a sudden you're living a life you never thought you'd be in mm -hmm. and perhaps would judge someone else. I, I hope that I did not, but you just go to a deeper depth of God's grace and you're going, oh my goodness, Lord, thank you for allowing this brokenness. It was like horrifically painful, but thank you that you worked in my heart, your amazing grace and love. And also the birthing of 
really my purpose in life, which is to help coach women and men, but specifically women into freedom, into wholeness. To, you're here. God wants you to be there. How do we bridge that? How do you get that freedom in Christ? And how do you get the um, all things work together for good? I do think we have a choice in that. Like we can get too good a lot sooner if we'll align ourselves with God. Yes, absolutely. Wow, I love that. So, okay, we're going to dive into the Freedom Challenge. And, and I have to tell you, just a few days ago, I finished that 60-day call or immersion into the Word of God to untie the bonds that had me just locked up. And it was just so good and so powerful. So I just have to give my personal testimony mm -hmm. as to the effectiveness and the power of this 60-day Bible study. So Dawn, if you had to explain the book in one sentence, what would you say? Well, I love the words that you just used. It definitely is an immersion in the Word of God, and it is a mind, heart, and soul renovation. It is, and and I, I know that's not one sentence, but it is the preeminent way because it is the word of God. It is the only way to renew your mind, not just what you think, but the way you think. Exactly. And that's so, I mean, you, you came at it from so many different angles to where you, you couldn't get through it without really having a major change of heart and change of, of how you see who you are in Christ. And mm -hmm. it, well, I love that. Say that again, that one sentence, that last sentence. That it changes not just what we think about, but the way we think, mm. how we think. It's transformative. It is. It is. And I had a test to that. So I'm going to, I'm going to skip to one question um, that I wanted to ask that there had to be an author that influenced you to write this particular book. T tell us who that was and how, how that happened. Yeah, there really was. Well, I have always had a heart for freedom because actually I also am a survivor of childhood sexual abuse. And that's what some of my other books are about. And so when I was searching for freedom, I got a hold of a book by Neil Anderson called The Bondage Breaker. And as I began to go through that book, I saw that one of the sentences that he talks about is that, you know, Jesus Christ said, you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. And so the freedom comes from knowing the truth. Mm. And the opposite must be true. That bondage comes from believing the lie. And I started recognizing the lies that were just uh, lie upon lie and just residue in my life from the interpretation I took from my childhood, that I'm, I'm, I don't deserve anything good, that I'm broken, I'm flawed, I'm damaged, all of these things that I believed. And as I began to read that book, The Bondage Breaker, these labels that limited me were being peeled away and replaced with the truth of God. And I'm like, this is freedom. You will know the truth. The truth is I'm loved. I'm adored by God. I'm chosen by God. I'm, I'm pure. I'm righteous. I'm 
um, powerful in God. That's the truth. I'm not like leftovers or damaged goods or, you know, on the, uh, the scratch and dent sale, you know, <laughs> a, a valuable masterpiece. Oh, I love that. Okay. So what are some of the major ideas that you integrate into the book or into your life in general? Yes, I love helping women choose life and to begin to identify that their words, our words, sometimes we are cursing our life with the way that we speak. And instead of believing that we can do all things through Christ, who is our strength, Sometimes we say, I'm, I'm broke down, just as I was mentioning before. I'm flawed. I'm no good. But you know what? The Bible says in Philippians 4.13 that, uh, as I mentioned, we can do all things through Christ. But also Philippians 4.8 will talk about whatever is pure and true and holy and righteous and just, that we should think and meditate and abide and believe and speak these things. God wants us to walk in victory and in power. And, and, and he has an anointing for us and a purpose and a divine assignment for each one of us. But if we don't get out of believing these lies, we're going to live so short of what God has. And then we never get to our assignment. We never get to living in the greatness that God has planned for us. So it truly is based on, you know, the words of Jesus in John 8, 36. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And when there's freedom, when you're liberated in freedom, you're liberated to your calling, your purpose, the fullness and the abundant life Jesus said that he came to give us. Hmm. I love that. I love that. Okay. So if you couldn't use your current book title, what would be your next choice? Oh, I would just have to go with renovate your mind. 60 mm. days to renovate your mind. Right. Yep. So that, so the picture I get is this house all dilapidated uh -huh. and, you know, renovating it, you're going to take it from being just broken down and in a, you know, just not functioning into this pristine, beautiful rebuilt, strong foundation. I mean, what a picture that is. Yes. Yes. And you know, if you've ever seen clutter in you, you go inside someone's house and maybe the foundation is okay, but there's still not a beautiful thing to behold because there's clutter and all kinds of mess. And sometimes, you know, our foundation in God is good, but our mind is so cluttered with lies and distractions. Mm. And so this also helps you to know how I'm not going to fellowship with that, that thought right there that doesn't serve God's purpose in my life. That thought right there is going to make me depressed. It's going to scare me, in fact, or it's going to uh, give me the emotions that make me feel angry or sad. Why am I fellowshipping with that? Let me get rid of that clutter. Why am I saving that? Why am I what, what, why is that in my life? You know, so we're learning how to clean out our minds too and, and get that stuff out of it so we can have that beautiful view of that home and enjoy it. Mm, I love that. Okay, so we're going to kind of move towards wrapping this up. And I would love for you to share a few tips or tools that would help our listeners really kind of sharpen their perspective 
of how God is continually working all things together for good in their lives. Yeah, amen. I think the most powerful thing that I could share with anyone listening today is you really have to get a, a vision of your future. The Bible clearly tells us that without a vision, we're going to perish. We're going to we're going to die. We're going to not survive. And if you're going through a difficult time right now, oftentimes the narration in our brain, the story that we're telling ourselves or the future that we picture for ourselves is one of pain. It's sorrow. It's one of loss. And as long as we keep believing that and seeing that we're going to keep the pain alive. We're going to keep the suffering alive. But if we would say, okay, God, as we said a minute ago, this happened, this happened to me, but now it's going to happen for me. Give me a beautiful picture of my future. See yourself overcoming, see yourself conquering or embracing, see yourself with the, that good result and that joy in your heart. See yourself giving testimony to God's faithfulness. Picture that new job, that new relationship, whatever it is in your mind, that healthy body, you've reached your goal, you've overcome. If you get a picture of that in your heart, then you will move towards it. I believe that's why God, even when he was giving Abraham the, the, the promise of his children, God kind of gave a, a vision board to Abraham. He said, come on outside. Let's look at the stars. See those? Picture that. That's how many children you're going to have. Or let's look at the sand. How many grains there are? That's how many children. It was a spiritual promise and a physical promise. You're going to have spiritual kids and you're going to have physical kids. God gave them a vision board. So I think I would say the most powerful thing you can do if you're in a deep, dark season and you need to trust that God is going to bring it together for your good, picture that beautiful future. And cling to God's promise that he will give you the desires of your heart when you delight yourself in him. Mm. Amen. Well, listen, this has just been such a delight. I love spending time with you, my friend. Thank you. And you because too. You, you always encourage me. And just having gone through the 60 days myself, I've you know, I mean, we've spent time together personally, but I just feel like I know you even better after going through the book and just all the different examples of, you know, how you've had to overcome yeah. uh, all yeah. of those chains and uh, yes. just love it. Love it. So if, if those who are listening today want to find you, what's the best way to find you online on, on social media or your website? Yep, I'm on all the um, usual suspects, you know, Twitter, Facebook, but you, they can go right to my website, which is dawnscottdamon.com. Awesome. Awesome. They will find me there. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for spending time with us today on the All Things Podcast. You have been a delight. Thank you so much. It was a joy to be with you. Blessings Amen. to you. Amen. Amen. So thanks for joining us today for the All Things Podcast, brought to you by Redemption Press and the Romans 828 Bookstore. So hey, I'd like to ask you a favor. If you would consider sharing this episode with your friends on social media, of course, only if you thought it was helpful. Or if you haven't yet left a review of the podcast on Apple, I would really appreciate it as you know, it'll help other people find the show and let them know it really is a good one to listen to. So thank you so much for listening today and I'll see you next week.